0: Hello, everyone. This is once again Flowboat Saw It on Netflix, the show where I go deep into the archives of the Netflix library. Uh, sometimes I see things like comedy specials, sometimes I'll do action series and documentaries. Whatever it is, it's kind of a random hodgepodge of Netflix goodness. It's really an experiment for me to use my film degree to some good use instead of having it on my wall as a reminder of my lifelong debt. <laughs> Thank you so much for checking out the podcast version. This one's available on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, Overcast, Breaker, that sort of thing. But if you're watching the video, you probably are a member of my Patreon, The Boisterous Crew. You get early access to content and you get early access to this show two weeks before anyone else on the planet. Uh, Support a creative, support a friend by hitting up patreon.com. It's P A T R E O N.com slash Flowbow Boys and join The Boisterous Crew. Today, I want to talk to you about an animated series uh, from the Fast and Furious universe. It's called Spy Racers, but before I get in there, a little preamble. The Fast and Furious franchise is quite possibly maybe the second biggest film franchise right now. Maybe third, if you want to put in the James Bond uh, ethos of it all. It's Universal Studios' biggest, that goes without saying. And it's one much like how Harry Potter was for a lot of my friends, the one I grew up with. Uh, It was definitely the first movie I wasn't a big fan of, uh, but by the second, which is noted as the campiest edition in that series, I was hooked. And I had become a big, fervent fan of Fast and Furious. Uh, I have, one, appeared in a retrospective with a co-collaborative Frank Eichenlob. If you remember earlier, he was on my holiday episode. We actually came together on his channel to talk about the movies, but I'm also a part of this podcast called The Cast and the Furious, or Entertainment Distills presents The Cast and Furious, where two fanatics sit down with two first-time fans, and they watch each movie in this series. It's it's grown, it's bigger. Uh, it started off being a, uh, of a send-up to tuner culture and petty crime, and by the fifth or sixth, sixth movie, probably the sixth movie, they have gone full-on counter-terrorism unit. Uh, on wheels. And uh, people say it's ridiculous. Those who aren't a fan of the Fast and Furious movies will go out of their way to tell you they haven't watched a Fast and Furious movie, but there is some truth to it. There's some universal things about this movie, even though it is popcorn, but about about cinema, right? There are uh, cool locations, uh, very attractive people in the cast, uh, also, car chases. Car chases are also about success, suspense. So you can imagine my trepidation when last year Netflix came out with season one of Fast and Furious Presents: Spy Racers. This was a three D animated uh, series on the platform, featuring a spinoff character, the younger cousin of Vin Diesel's Dominic Toretto, uh, Tony Toretto, and his friends as they kinda do a little bit of a hodgepodge of some of the elements of the Fast and Furious franchise. I I threw my hands up. I said, ugh, a series for kids, that will water it down. Ugh, I don't see the point of it. Um, Before I get to the nitty gritty of it, I wanna say it's a masterstroke because to compare it to the Harry Potter franchise once more, I literally grew up with the Fast and Furious franchise. I remember seeing the second movie in theaters uh, in high school. You know, it was just cool to be free, to have a car, to feel the 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 vibration of a steering wheel, and to, to save the day with just my wits and my instincts, even though I was piloting this vehicle. And I realized over time, which is now, this franchise has been around for 20 years. I mean, the first film came out in 2001. Uh, I'm actually on the older end now, and so if... The Universal or Vin Diesel or Neil Moretz, uh, in those cases, the studio, the executive producers, or Daryl Scott Thompson, the one who's credited with creating the universe, wants to get a second generation into this world, what better way than to appeal to teenagers? And you don't want to spin off the main series when the main series hasn't concluded yet. So as a business decision. It makes total sense to do an animated series because it has enough action, enough cool characters with attitude uh, that I'm sure that a preteen version of me in an alternate universe will probably find something to grab onto. So here's the deal: uh, is it is this animated series taking things from the tuner culture? Is it taking things from the petty crime? Is it taking things from the world domination counterterrorism unit? Those are usually the three errors of Fast and Furious, and the answer is. Yes. Tony Toretto and his friends are assumingly in their lower or high teens, you know, 18, 19, 20. Uh, They look very very young, but everyone can drive <laughs> and drive well enough that they trust them with solving problems and crimes with their wits at their wits. And uh, a lot of cool characters here, which I, I definitely enjoy. And much like the themes of the main film franchise that they're, uh, all, multiple shades of Brown, a lot of people of color there, a lot of different, uh, gender expressions as far as, uh, what we think, uh, character traits will be assigned to one gender it kind of goes fluid for both like exactly there are tomboyish girls there are uh uh, guys who are macho and have compassion like it really is the next evolution of representation not just people different skin color but those are different temperaments and dispositions despite like their age or their race or their gender Uh, I really think the character Tony Toretto Tyler Posey it's your every man he's kind of vanilla but in a good way he looks cool doing it Uh, He comes in just enough to remind everyone that he is a a Toretto. They will tell you that a lot. They will tell you, hey, by the way, we're in the same universe. Hey, by the way, we're in the universe. Um, But me personally, my favorite character was Echo. Echo is so much fun. She's like... Uh, this tomboy's chick who was just as good as driver as anyone else, but she is down for her friends and her family, has a bit of an edge, can throw a punch, can be chill. She wants you and can totally act mature. Uh, as you can tell, there was a, uh, there was a scene where, um, she has to be uh, an agent. She like goes undercover. So she's like acting really mature. I thought that was really cool. And uh, Charlotte Chung, who also voices voices a uh, video game character Diva in the game Overwatch, voices Echo here. And you see a little bit of that resonance here. Um, also, things from the main series. There's the the whole shadowy organization that works for the Toretto clan. Uh, this time we are introduced to a Ms. Nowhere, which is very close to the Mr. Nobody played by Kurt Russell. In uh, the, the the later films, in Fast 7 and Fast 8, uh, the Fate of the Furious, which is the, the eighth one. And lastly, the the idea of infiltrating a criminal organization via street race. You know, if you run this race, what come into favor with the bad guy is very Too Fast, Too Furious, very uh, um, Fast and Furious, which is the fourth one. <laughs> a lot of combinations of Fast and Furious. Okay all that aside does this hold up on its own because we can tell you to spin off we can tell you it's an interpretation all you want but does it stand up and i am surprised to say that it does it actually does uh stand up it's a little bit ridiculous there's some limitations or i guess animation removes some limitations to belief you know the the main plot uh is very late period fast and furious but it's definitely something that works in this universe um, the, the friendship, the camaraderie between the friends in this, the, our heroes, makes sense. But of course, in true franchise fashion, it isn't just friends. It's family. And we do get a couple appearances from Dominic Toretto himself. And uh, what, it's not really a spoiler. I mean, you see him in like the second scene of the first episode on season one. Um, so it's kind of cool to see that, hey, look, this is how Vin Diesel would look like if he was 3D and animated in a DreamWorks kind of thing. Actions on point. There's some fight scenes. They do show a lot. Uh, I always wonder with uh, fight scenes in cartoons. Because I grew up in the time and days of like Looney Tunes, where Looney Tunes were getting revived in the 90s, where you can hit someone over the head with a mallet, or you can drop an anvil on them, uh, that sort of thing. So I always like to watch those, because sometimes you'll see in modern cartoons, it'll be like, a, a goes black. And then someone falls, or a flash, and it falls. That happens sometimes here, but you do see some fist cuffs. You do see some some fists and feet hit body parts, which is gives it a little bit more edge. And I think that was intentional, to really play along the side of let's be entertaining for the older fans, but really let's be provocative to the preteens. Let's get these kids and young early about how they can save the world once they get their learner's permit. Both seasons, which are, uh, the second season just dropped about a month ago, the first season dropped about a year ago, are eight episodes of 22 minutes apiece. You can pretty much burn through a season in an afternoon in one sitting, if you'd like. Uh, I did mine in two sittings, or I did each season in two sittings, and uh, I love the fact that it kind of goes by Breezy, because also the humor works. Uh, The humor works for the characters, there are some lovable losers, or like the, the comic relief, the goofy characters, but each character takes turns. Which I think is very nice. You don't have a stupid one. You don't have a dumb one. You have someone who uh, may be really intense being a mechanic. But really focuses on cup holders in his vehicle. Which is actually a actual joke from the season. And a lot of the, the asides. Um, and there's some things for the, uh, the adults too. Uh, there's one time where Miss Nowhere, who's an adult female. She uh, festers to herself. She goes, this is why I don't have children. And then her adult subordinate goes, is it though? <laughs> and that's a joke that kids probably won't get. But as an adult, I go, ah, it's funny. Cause she's uh, you know, for a bunch of reasons. Um, It is weird, though, recommending a cartoon if there's no kids around. I always say in situations like these, this and, like, county fairs, I wish I could rent a kid so it doesn't look weird. But, hey, look, the cool thing about streaming on Netflix is that you can probably do it in the comfort of your own home. Uh, But if you do have family, this is definitely the show you can put on and be the cool uncle or the cool aunt. Or the cool dad or cool mom uh for your kids it's not super dumb as far as uh education uh elements being beat over your head and repeated this isn't sesame street this isn't electric company this isn't uh those cartoons where everyone learns the power of friendship in every episode but the themes of being an upstanding citizen doing what's right going back for family uh valuing your friendships being true to your word um having integrity all those things are themes that pull so if you watch a couple episodes with your nephew you can say slyly so what you learn and they'll probably get it without feeling they have to be force-fed certain things which i also enjoy because again i you know one of the cool things about saturday morning cartoons and uh i think this would qualify if they existed they don't anymore especially as a kid, as a 90s kid, is that there really was a sense of, like, must-see event television, so even though I, I grew up with the Looney Tunes, Saturday mornings were, like, by the time I came around, were superheroes, uh, New Batman, Superman Adventures, Static Shock, uh, Justice League Unlimited was, sat- was a Saturday night cartoon, but the same thing kind of evolves, like, this event television, you're gonna wait all week to see explosions and fisticuffs, and then. You know, times have changed. You know, you don't really do that anymore. No one watches one thing at a time on Netflix except for me. That's so why my queue is foreverly long. But I think they would be at home. If this was an alternate uh, 2020 where Netflix didn't exist, but the show was on linear television, I think it would be a much bigger show. It would be that 11 a.m. after you finished eating your breakfast, before you had to go out with your parents to shop or clean the house. That last cartoon your parents let you watch before you have to do your chores for the day. So I do recommend it. Um, As a Fast and Furious fan, I think it's, I feel great as far as I completed it. It's not necessary to watch a cartoon to get more insight about the movies. um, Because it kind of operates in its own world. But... Again, as someone who has become a staunch defender of this series, because to a lot of people, Fast and Furious, it just totally exemplifies everything about giant, noisy cinema. It's superhero culture, like the whole, um, what happened to nuance, or what happened to uh, emoting, what happened to small, dramatic pieces. And Fast and Furious is the opposite. People think that all jocks and bros watch this. I think it does a lot as far as favor, to show the charm of what made the main series great. So it's not related in plot or story, but I do think it helps enhance why it's important or why this this film franchise is important to millions of people, why we all hung our heads, the fans hung their heads when the ninth movie was delayed in 2020 because of the pandemic. So, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I want to say... The story itself probably a, a seven. I know seven is my common uh, review here, but as far as the entertainment value, the 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 way it goes down easy, the unexpected humor, I'm going to bump it to an eight. I do think it's worth a watch if you're into cartoons, or if you have a preteen, if you're into car culture, if you're just want to see anything about Fast and Furious or Vin Diesel, you want to see how many references you can spot. Um, I do think it's worth a watch uh, a couple episodes. I'll say give it about three back-to-back. That's about an hour, literally, but about three episodes to see how you like it. Uh, that does it for me in this edition of Flobo Saw on Netflix. All the other editions of Flowbo Saw on Netflix gets dis- distributed in three ways. First up, become a member of the Boisterous crew. Get early access. The first people who can see an episode are on Patreon at patreon.com. That's voice Two weeks after that, it's also released on YouTube. For public consumption, for the masses, so you're a bit of a delay. You're, a bit of, you're kind of you're kind of like the last to see it, and the audio version of this podcast, Flobo Soto Netflix, is available wherever you stream your podcast. Until next time, if you have any suggestions, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at Flobo Boys on Twitter or at Flopito on Instagram. I'll be back next time with something more in the archives, the original archives, original series, original movies on Flobo Soto Netflix.